How's it going, my fellow Americans? Welcome back to the show. It's time for another brand new episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I am your host, Andrew for America. And people, it's October 20th, 2023. It is about 60 degrees outside here in the great state of Minnesota. And typically, right around about two to three weeks from now is when we approximately, give or take, get our first snow here. I'm starting to like this climate change thing. Global warming. (laughs) If that's what's going on, I'll take it. If we can get the freezing, frigid, cold winters out of this state, maybe more people would move here. Everyone's trying to leave from, you know, December through February and March, typically. It's the worst, coldest part of the winter here. Uh, We call those people snowbirds, people that leave Minnesota and go somewhere warm to live for the winter. And then they come back. Right around April, May, and uh, live in Minnesota until eh, right about now, actually, and they're getting out of here. A lot of snowbirds are leaving, going south for the winter with the birds. So, anyway, I was driving around today with the windows down, jamming some tunes. Felt great. Went to the gym. um, Had some lunch. Got some business stuff done. Staying organized, staying busy, staying positive, focusing on my goals, not letting external stimuli get in my way, slow me down, like partying and females and people's opinions (laughs) of what I should and shouldn't be doing with my time. Life is good, people. I'm in a positive mental state of mind. I'm looking forward to party season where my bartending business uh, is going to hopefully get busier. And uh, I'm about to get back into the weed game here now that uh, cannabis is legal. And uh, yeah, so I got some projects I'm getting off the ground. Uh, I may not do podcasts as often as I have been just for a little while. It's not, I told you guys I'll never stop. Don't worry, I'm going to never stop, never stopping. I don't quit. I don't give up. But sometimes things got to take a back burner to the money-making ventures that need to, you know, require a little bit more time and effort for a period. So, And the good thing is, is that when I make a little bit more money from the money-making ventures, uh, I can invest more money into the podcast. And one way I could invest some more money in the podcast is advertisers. So if anybody knows anyone that would like to advertise here on the show, email me at andrew 4 america 1984 at gmail.com. 
and we can talk numbers and uh, see if we can find some mutually beneficial situation. Um, yeah, you know, priorities, people. You've got to prioritize your time. Time is precious. It is limited. You do not have enough of it. So if you're sitting on your ass watching cable TV, feeling sorry for yourself, you're in a whole bunch of pain, uh, you know, mood, mood stabilizers, anti-anxiety, anti-depression pills, Maybe get off your ass and start moving around. Keep yourself busy. Try to stay positive. It is possible to choose your thoughts. If you choose negative thoughts all the time, you're going to live a negative life. You're going to have a negative personality. People aren't going to want to be around you. You're going to isolate yourself. And then, you know, you're going to go down a very, very bad road. That's when the demons come in. That's when you let the demons into your mind, people corrupting you, tempting you like a serpent. You know what I'm saying? So, hope you guys are doing good in your lives. I love you, my listeners, very much. I thank you for continuing to come back, support the show, listen each week. And I hope whatever you guys are all doing in your lives, I hope you're positive, you're successful. I hope... uh, you subscribe to the philosophy that it's not necessarily the destination. It is the journey. It's the little things. It's the habits. It's the patterns. It's the importance level of the things that you focus your time on. And those things need to bring you success and they bring need to bring you happiness and joy and positivity. Life is short, people. And I know... I can get doom and gloom on the show. I know I can get down in the dumps. I know I can be a little fear porny and a little, I can get carried away. I can get a little irrational and emotional from time to time. I'm a human being just like each and every one of you. And sometimes I'd really appreciate it if the world could just cut me some fucking slack sometime. Sometimes. You know what I mean? Challenge yourself, my fellow Americans. Next time someone pisses you off and you just want to overreact and freak out about it, think negative thoughts, carry that shit around with you, you're only hurting yourself. You got to learn to find calm. You got to let that shit go. It's not important. It ain't going to be important tomorrow. Your brief emotional reaction is going to dissipate. You're going to be fine. Why pick it up? When you have those feelings and you want to fight the good fight, you want to, you know, prove your point, you want to say it's principle, this must be done. You know, maybe sometimes just sit in that emotion. Let it pass. You know, take control of your own mind. You don't need to react to every little thing that pisses you off and annoys you and frustrates you. And if you escalate your anger over time because you're not getting the answers or the results or the solutions that you want, then you need to look in the mirror and say, hey, maybe it's something I'm doing. Maybe it's not everyone else around me's fault. Stop blaming your failures on everything and everyone around you. All you can uh, change, all you can control is yourself. 
So if there's something that you can do differently in order to find the outcome and the results that you seek, then change the only thing you really can change, people. you got to change yourself. Nobody else can change you. You have to choose to change. Nobody's going to come and save you. Nobody's going to help you. People can give you advice if you ask, but you have to seek it out. You have to take control. You have to want to better yourself. And far, far, far too often, I get people ask me, how do you do so much? How do you find the time? Well, I prioritize my time. I time block. I get things out of the way that are not benefiting me. I get things out of the way that are slowing me down, like partying with your boys or dating and chasing women around, being on dating apps, going out to bars, trying to talk to girls. Don't, why? Why? Go make your money. Go, go do what you love to do and find success in that. And women will find you. Trust me. Women know how to smell out a high-value man. <laughs> they, they know one when they see one. They know one when they talk to one. They get a little bit of uh, investigation done. They ask you some questions. They figure out that you got your money right and you got your shit together. You work out. You're a nice guy. You're not a, a, a complete asshole. You have boundaries. You don't let people walk all over you. You don't let women twist your mind and take advantage of you and take control of your happiness. You control your happiness. You control your thoughts. Don't let the party scene and the girls and the tits and the booze and the bottle service and the boat parties. That's all fun. I know it's a great time. But you're not going to find a significant other there. <laughs> and if you don't got your money right and you don't got your shit together, you shouldn't be out on those parties, out at those parties, out in the nightlife, chasing girls around anyway. Because you don't have anything to offer. Not that the girls that are out there deserve what you have to offer if you did have something to offer, because they don't. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just, this is, I guess this message is specifically for the guys. I've just, I've come to some realizations lately that make so much sense to me. And I'm finding peace and calm and practicality and joy in my everyday routine more and more as I get older. And I wouldn't have it any other way. And not that you ask for any of my advice, but there you go, people. Specifically, you gentlemen out there, there's some free advice for you. Get off your ass and get your shit together. Make it a habit. Make lists. Make checklists every day in the morning or the night before you go to bed. Wake up in the morning. If you don't go to work during the day, like I, like me, I go to work at night. What do I do during the day? I work on my lists. I work on my businesses one step at a time, piece by piece, step by step. All of a sudden, guess what? Your LLC's filed. All of a sudden, guess what? You got insurance for your company. All of a sudden, guess what? You talked to your CPA. You went and got a business bank account. You got an ACH payment uh, thing like Stripe or Clover so you can take card payments. Now you're on social media making pages, promoting your business. Now people are calling you, asking for your business. Now you're making more money and you're your own boss. Wouldn't you rather be doing that than 
playing fucking video games and bitching about your girlfriend and living with someone that you can't stand and you don't have any fun with anymore. And you're just, you know, you're, you're with someone, you're with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, but you're just roommates. You guys don't really have sex anymore. There's no spark. There's no chemistry. You guys don't have anything in common. You don't make time to go out and do things together. The fuck are you doing, dudes? Get out of there. Break up. Split up the bills. Let her go about her business. And you go focus on yours. And when you get your shit together, and when you get your money right, then you can go maybe talk to the girls at the bar. Then maybe you can go get bottle service. Then maybe you can go invite some girls out on the boat if you want to party and meet girls. There's, there's a process, people. So many people I talk to lately, young people, young gentlemen, uh, are so lost and they have nobody in society teaching them where to go. So I encourage you, find someone that you respect, find someone that you idolize, maybe not idolize, but find someone that you respect that is willing to teach and make yourself coachable. Drop your ego and open your ears. Open your mind. Take notes. Be willing to work. Prioritize your time wisely. Tick tock. That clock never stops ticking, people. You do not have enough time. None of you. Not a single one of you. Living, breathing in this world. Have enough time to do all the things you're going to want to do in your life. And if you give up or you never start, that's when the demons come in. That's when you let the archon energy in. That's when you become corruptible. And that's when your life, in my opinion, is effectively over. I think it was Benjamin Franklin that once said, most men die at 25, but aren't buried until 75. There's a lot of truth in that statement. Are you a useless eater? (laughs) Because what I'm describing to you right now, my fellow Americans, in my opinion, is a useless eater. Sucking up natural resources, no purpose, no potential, no goals, no aspirations, no direction, no desire, no will, no courage, no strength. What are you doing? Why are you here? Is anybody going to miss you when you're gone? Would this world be better without you? (laughs) And I know that sounds like a fucked up thing to say. Oh, God, Andrew, for America, you're an asshole, dude. Maybe the world would be a better place without you. That's fucked up. How can you say that to someone? Well, ask yourself, what do you offer to this world? Ask yourself. It's a deep um, self-reflection 
uh, self-analyzing philosophical question. What do you offer to this world? Are you an asset to this world or are you a detriment? Are you a liability? Are you a sunk cost in this world? And I'm not saying we should get rid of people. I think everybody, I don't think we should get rid of anybody. But I think that we need to focus our energy on developing ourselves so that we can make fruitful use of our freedom in the legendary words of Eric Fromm. Do you want to be the person that wakes up one day and says to yourself, damn, I'm 50 years old, 60 years old. I just figured it out. I just figured out what I want to do. I just figured out how I got to get there. And now, you know, you can still do it. I'm not saying you can't still do it. You can't, you can still find success. Shit, Morgan Freeman, I think he didn't start acting until he was like 52 years old. So it's never too late, people. But do you want to start at 50 or do you, do you want to start at 20? How far could you go if you started at 20 and didn't do what I did and didn't go out and party at the clubs and go to raves? I mean, I wouldn't take a lot of those experiences away from the world, though. It was the most amazing uh, time a person could ever have. I experienced more in, you know, 20 uh, years than most people get to experience in a lifetime. But I started late. And every day, not a day goes by, my fellow Americans, where I don't say to myself, where could you be today had you started way earlier? There's so much time that I wasted that I wish I could have back. And not that I regret any of it, because like I said, I had, <laughs> I've lived more, like I said, like I can't even put into words the experiences I've had in my life. But it was at a cost. Every decision you make, my fellow Americans, comes with a cost. It's a trade-off. You give more of your time and attention and energy to one thing, and by definition, other things are going to suffer. You can try to give a little bit to a lot if you want, sure. It's good to have balance in your life. But if you really want to get good at one thing and find success, you really got to dive into it 100%, 24-7. And once you get to the you know level you want to be doing that, if you want to do other things, now you have to figure out how to you know pull a little bit of your time away from the main thing and put a little bit more time into the other thing. It's all about time management, prioritizing, planning, brainstorming, being honest, checking your ego, being cooperative, working with others. You'd be surprised how much farther you will go as soon as you start learning how to develop relationships with other people. That that, And those relationships benefit both parties. Just like the free market. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that funny? How when you talk about self-development and how to better yourself and how to make more money and how to find success in this world, it all, it all boils down to free market principles. <laughs> but that's another podcast. I digress. 
Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm gonna take a break, and when I come back, we're gonna shit. Uh... <laughs> when I come back, we're gonna shit people. <laughs> when I come back, we're going to shift gears. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> when I come back, I'm gonna shit. We're gonna shit. Oh, man. Should I edit that? I don't know. I feel like that might be too funny to edit out. I should probably leave this part. Uh, when I come back, we're going to shift gears, and I'm going to catch you up on some continuing stories. I'm going to sh share with you some things that are continuing on other things I've talked uh, about to you on the show in the past. I'm gonna. It's gonna sort of be doing the news, but it's not really the news. It's really me just like following up on previous storylines. So go grab a beverage, strap on your seatbelt, and I'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, people, welcome back to the show. I want to start with this clip. Okay, so you guys all know uh, I'm not a big fan of the insurrection January 6th story. I think it's some of the worst, most difficult to believe propaganda I've ever seen in my life. It was so poorly done. Uh, there are so many holes <laughs> In the story, there are so many things left out. There are so many things that literally defy logic and rational thought uh, when you try to explain the severity of this incident. And you guys know that I've compared it to the Reichstag fire in Germany uh, under Hitler, uh, an event that was carried out, perpetrated propaganda, uh, or a psyop, or a false flag, whatever you want to call it, to... Um, set up the conditions for a desired outcome to occur. And if you guys remember, you know, how people that are truthers or conspiracy theorists or researchers or investigative journalists, whatever, a lot of us get labeled, you know, crazy nut job, tinfoil hat wearing idiots, right? And um, uh, if you guys are familiar with Vermin Supreme in the libertarian community, you guys know that I'm pretty critical of this guy because I feel like he's making a farce of what would otherwise be very, very, very rational, sound, logical ideas. Um, they did that to the guy at January 6th, the guy that would, like dressed up like a moose or a bear or whatever. I can't remember. Uh, they had like some funny name for him going around for a while. Um, but I just saw a video of this guy talking about some stuff and he doesn't sound like a stupid idiot. 
He doesn't sound like a guy that broke into the Capitol and then sat in a chair in Nancy Pelosi's office and kicked his feet up on her desk like he did something, like he achieved something, right? This guy actually sounds like an intelligent guy who's researched things and reads and understands how the world works and knows what the fuck he's talking about. So take a listen to this. Psychological operations are largely based on three factors. Number one is neuro-linguistic programming. That is the use of certain uh, words, linguistics, to program the neurons or the pattern of neurons in the brain, in, in particular the subconscious portion of the brain, to affect the way that a person consciously perceives reality. Okay. Okay. Number two, you have something called critical factor bypass. Critical factor bypass is where you saturate the entirety of the environment in the media, newspapers, magazines, television shows, in the corporate world, in banking, you name it, in schools, colleges. You saturate all of them with a very specific message, and you repeat it over and over and over and over again. Okay? Repetition. Now, what happens then is that the subconscious mind, because it sees it everywhere, it assumes that it must be true, that this has to be real because it's everywhere in the environment. Probably so it programs, once again, the subconscious mind to affect the way the conscious mind perceives reality. Now, based on neurolinguistically programming the individual and mass neurolinguistically programming the populations through critical factor bypass, why they call it that is because your critical thinking is bypassed because it's programmed the subconscious brain. That creates something called mass formation hypnosis. Psychosis. Okay, where 25 to 30% of the population believes this external stimuli, believes and is programmed by this material. They're just sheep. Sheeple. Sheeple. Okay. Okay. So in order for mass formation hypnosis to occur, that 25 to 35, uh, 25 to 30% of the population has to gain some sort of heightened level of radicalism where they scream the loudest and then they get a hold of the levers of power. Right? Now, when it comes down to stopping this process from happening, all you need is 5% or more of the population to not become hypnotized and say, no, this is ludicrous. You are nuts. We are not doing that. Now, we've seen the effects of mass formation hypnosis, critical factor bypass, and neuro-linguistic programming in Nazi Germany. We saw it with the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia and the USSR. We saw it in the Red Revolution in China and the Chinese Communist Party. Mm -hmm. Okay, So we've seen the effects of this process, and it is psychological warfare. Okay, All you got to do is look, now, people. Now, when it comes to Q History. and the Q operation, and the reason I say it's a psychological operation is this. This is how it differs. The Operation Mockingbird Media, what I call the Mockingbird Media, Operation Mockingbird, CIA, infiltrating the media outlets, yep. right? So the Mockingbird Media uses the techniques I just laid out mm -hmm. to program the populations mm -hmm. so that they can use this propaganda to go to war. And then they can transfer public money into private hands. Nailed it. So it's a, it's, it's a whole scheme. All right, people. Uh, that guy's name... Uh, was the QAnon shaman Jacob Chansley. Is that gentleman's name? Does that sound like a guy that doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about? <laughs> I, didn't, I was never into the Q thing. I was fascinated by it, but I, I had my suspicions the entire time. 
I was of the philosophy or the belief, I guess, the assumption that it was far too widespread and far too uh, massively easily disseminated of information for there not to have been big club involvement. You need funding. You need planning for something on that level. Much like January 6th, much like the George Floyd protests here in Minneapolis. And, you know, all, all of these types of similar events that occur. Um, that guy nailed it. Jacob Chansley talking about how the media programs you through propaganda. It's scary. The guy kind of sounds like me. What he just said sounds like things I would attempt to bring to your attention here on the Politics and Punk Rock podcast. I'm starting to like this QAnon shaman guy. Um, but again, a lot of the belief on QAnon, the stigma attached to it, was also propaganda, psyop, psychological operations. I told you guys, they create it all. They create woke. They create MAGA. They create QAnon, they create Hamas, they create Al-Qaeda, they create, uh, you name it. Pick your favorite intelligence community, black ops, contractor, private mercenary group, whatever, whatever it is. These groups do not come into existence without governmental level planning. I'm sorry. That's just the fucking reality of the world. If you don't want to believe that, then you are just not paying attention. It's fairy tales and make-believe to believe that these are organic things, organic groups. You are lying to yourself if you believe that. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, kind of continuing on this same theme, take a listen to this clip. Here's how your perception of reality is falsely influenced by the media. Let's rewind the clock to the early 1900s. There's a guy, he's a brilliant Russian physiologist. His name was Ivan Pavlov, who happened to stumble across something really interesting while he was studying dogs. So in Pavlov's study, every time he would feed his dogs, he would repeatedly ring a bell. And over time, he conditioned the dogs to associate the sound of the bell with food. So even if there's no food around, if someone rang that bell, the dogs would start salivating, drool coming out of their mouths. And just like that, classical conditioning was born. Now here's how it affects you. Let's zoom in on the modern age where politicians and the media are masters of using classical conditioning to shape how you perceive the world around you. Their enemies become the villain in your mind and they use your emotions as puppet strings that they pull without you even knowing. So how exactly do they do that? Well, imagine this. You're watching your favorite news channel. Every time they talk about a certain enemy of theirs, they play intense music, they show dramatic visuals, and they use really strong language to paint this person as the big bad wolf. And that repetition over time will condition your brain to associate that person with danger and fear to make them your enemy as well. And just like Pavlov's dogs connected the bell with the food, it becomes automatic. And here's the real kicker. Once that conditioning sets in, it's very hard to break free. Those perceptions become ingrained, shaping your opinions and your actions to the point where people will literally start to hate someone and believe that they're a racist, the massage. 
It's the danger to society or whatever else Trump. the media wants you to believe about them. We all know Julian people Assange. like that who have false beliefs that they feel so deeply about, but they can't understand why they hold that belief. And if you question them about their beliefs, it usually goes something Think like this. So why do you think he's a racist? Because all the stuff he says. Hmm, stuff like what? Oh, you know, a bunch of stuff. I've seen so many videos of him. Now you would think that if they seen a bunch of videos, then it would be pretty easy to just pick a few examples, but they can't. Even though they feel so strongly about their belief, they have no idea why they even have that belief to begin with. That, oh. ladies and gentlemen, is the power of classical conditioning, and it is extremely hard to break. The only way to break it is by awareness and by learning to question everything, even your own beliefs. Apply logical reasoning. Why do I have this belief? And if you don't have any logical facts backing up your beliefs, you might have been conditioned by someone else to hold that belief. Remember, you hold the remote control to your mind. Don't let anyone else press those buttons without your permission. If you like learning and understanding the world from a different perspective, make sure you follow me. All right, and if you want to follow that guy, that uh, his handle is Darius.eth on uh, TikTok, I believe. And I know this better than anybody. Um, this what he's trying to say about conditioning. Uh, you bring your fears and your trust issues and your whatever into the next situation because someone previously conditioned you to think certain things and to hold certain beliefs and that doesn't make those beliefs true you need the evidence you need the factual evidence you need the receipts you can't say something is truthful and you can't say something is what it is or is so without evidence got to remember that stuff got to remember that you need receipts if you want to know the truth Prove it. Prove it's the truth. So we can all know what the truth is. Right? Seems rational and logical to me. Um, okay, so continuing on this theme of, you know, propaganda affecting your subconscious mind, programming you, priming you, conditioning you, social engineering you and your thoughts and your beliefs. Uh, now think about taking that to a grander scale. Think about taking that uh, a little bit more out to the macro. Like who decides why things are the way that they are? Who decides in, uh, what truth is in the eyes of whatever the authority is, right? So like just because the authority says that this is this and this is that doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Why? Because... Did they give you the receipts? Do they have any evidence? Because if they don't, it could just easily be as fabricated of a story as the stories that the media is trying to tell you about what you should think about what's going on in the world, right? So take a listen to Jordan Maxwell here. Talk to you about secret societies. And here we go on the whole Freemason thing again. But think about what he talks about when he says these groups collude and conspire to set up the conditions and the environment that when you come into this world, you just accept your reality as you see it, as you experience it, because you would otherwise not know any other way, right? So take a listen to that. Just think about those ideas when you listen to this. The very history of how America was founded 
the, and the founding fathers, so to speak, what vision they had when they were putting together the idea to found this country. What was their vision? You know, what were they thinking? And, and what were they actually working toward? And now that gets into the, uh, the, the subject of Freemasonry, to the secret sciences like alchemy and political. There's a lot of political stuff in there too. You have to be careful about secret societies because these different societies become very powerful and very wealthy, but they have an agenda. They have a particular agenda that they're trying to uh, create or to uh, bring into being, and therefore they will build the whole world around you. And you accept what, you know, when you're a child, a baby, you come into the world and you just accept everything. And if you don't grow up, you just, as a grown person, you just accept whatever there is because that's the way it is. But that's not the way it is. Mm -mm. And you keep in mind that there were secret societies that were involved in founding this country. And who were they? And what were they trying to do? Mm -hmm. You have to know secret societies to understand why there are so many different symbols and emblems in Washington, D.C. and around the world because there's different groups, societies, that are working towards certain agenda, and they are putting symbols out that represent their agenda. Yeah, people. I mean, like I said last episode, was it, you know, is this Satan's realm already? Is this uh, Luciferian future already, you know, is the writing already on the wall? Are we already there? Is that what the secret destiny of America was? Manly P. Hall, right? Who knows? But if you do the research and you read and you learn the history, you can clearly see how this agenda has been playing out easily for the last 100 years and obviously much more, much longer. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once you realize the truth of something, you can't go back. It's the whole meaning of the red pill the red pill is going to take you down the rabbit hole and morpheus will show you how deep that rabbit hole goes and once you see it you can't unsee it you can't go back you can never change you are forever changed and my fellow americans i assure you that that change is for the better. You will not be changing for the worse. You will be developing strength, courage, wisdom, and understanding simply by making the decision to walk the path. Start your quest before it's too late. Start your quest, people. Uh, I want you to take a listen to this. I'm going to switch gears a little bit here. Uh, and this is going to kind of be a continuation of my thoughts on the last episode on Israel, Palestine, Albert Pike, and World War III. This is Milton William Cooper uh, discussing Israel. Take a listen. 
What role um, in the Middle East again does Israel play in this? Israel was created as the instrument to bring about the Battle of Armageddon and the fulfillment of prophecy, a war that would be so terrible where nuclear weapons would be used so that the American citizens and the other people in the world would get down on their knees and beg for no more war. And what is the answer to that? They're going to be told the only way we can guarantee no more war is if we destroy the sovereignty of nations mm -hmm. and we come together as one humanity in a one world government. Right. Now I'm telling you, unless the American people wake up and stop it, starting in about 1996, the Battle of Armageddon will become a reality. 96, he says. Starting in 1996. Hmm. Telecommunications Act of 1996? When they started propagandizing uh, American citizens, I think is the timeline uh, there. The deregulating of, or not the deregulating, the consolidation, I guess, of all the media companies into like five big companies. Um, here it is. Telecommunications Act of 1996 was the first significant overhaul of telecommunications law in more than 60 years, amending the Communications Act of 1934. The act signed by President Bill Clinton represented a major change in American communications law since it was the first time that the Internet was included in broadcasting and spectrum allotment. Uh, in '96, Congress enacted comprehensive reform of the nation's statutory and regulatory framework of telecommunications by passing the act which substantially amended the Communications Act of 34, the general objective was to open up markets to competition by removing unnecessary regulatory barriers to entry. So it was kind of a deregulation, but then big companies gobbled up the small guys, uh, etc. So you guys know that... Lots of things changed during that time. I don't know why William Milton Cooper said that the Armageddon battles begin in 1996. I don't know if there's any connection there between the Telecommunications Act. I'm just trying to figure out what else happened in 1996 that would make him say that. Maybe somebody can message me, email me, and let me know if you got the answer to that question. Maybe if I read some more Milton William Cooper, maybe some more uh, Behold a Pale Horse, I'll find that information. Uh, let's move on. So here's another thing I wanted to share with you. Remember last episode I told you that guy had that book that said uh, that the Rothschilds family bought Jerusalem and, and bought and created, purchased the land or whatever that uh, is Israel? So with uh, Milton William Cooper's comments here in mind, take a listen to the man himself, Lord, I think, is it, uh, I think this is Nathan, or no, Jacob, Jacob Rothschild, saying, my family flat out created Israel, here we go. Walter was Lord Rothschild, and he was uh, a Zionist, and um, there's really the background reasons. So Walter received the Balfour Declaration, and, and I have a copy here. And I wonder if I could possibly ask you to read it for us. Yes, indeed. Balfour Declaration. Yeah. <clears throat> You've heard me talk I'm about that. I'm spectacles to make sure I read it accurately. His Majesty's Government view with favor the establishment of Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people. 
and will use their best endeavours to facilitate the achievement of this object. It being clearly understood that nothing shall be done which may prejudice the civil and religious rights of existing non-Jewish communities in Palestine, or the rights and political status enjoyed by Jews in any other country. I should be grateful if you would bring this declaration to the knowledge of the Zionists. To the knowledge of the Zionists. Bring this declaration to the knowledge of the Zionists. We have purchased a sovereign state for Jewish people, or created, purchased and created the sovereign state of Israel on Palestinian land. So there you go. Don't take my word for it all the time, my fellow Americans. (laughs) Oh, man. What a world, right? It's getting crazy out there. Getting crazier every day. Take a listen to this. Janet Yellen uh, being interviewed here. Janet Yellen, uh, whatever, one of the heads of the Fed, I believe. Take a listen. You're not backing uh, a woman to be president in the next election because I know you'll be backing President Biden uh, loud and loud and clear. Does he still have the energy for another five years Ab- in the job? Absolutely. <laughs> He's um, very involved, very um, vibrant, um, is doing an excellent job. Um, I, and I think when we face the kinds of troubles that we have in the Middle East, you can see the benefit of um, deep experience and understanding of global issues. Oh, boy. We are in trouble. (laughs) If there are people out there that really think that, I mean, wow. Wow. Where am I? Is this the United States? What is going on? Um... Um, here's a little bit more on this, uh, alleged world war three. Maybe we're going to get pulled into, uh, with the Arab nations and Israel. Listen to this. Wake up Americans. Wake up. You're about to be pulled into a war with Arabs, with the Muslim world. And you're going to be made to believe that something horrible that happened to you was done by the Muslims. But it wasn't done by the Muslims. It was done by a wild card, the Israeli Mossad, Mm -hmm. that's cunning and ruthless and can carry out attacks on Americans and make it look like Arabs did it. Yep. That's the literal definition of a false flag. They didn't write that. That's a false flag. That's not my conspiracy theory. That's a U.S. Army report. The day before, published the day before 9-11. Yes. You can call me any name you want to call me. That's a U.S. Army report. They warned us. They were telling us what Israel is capable of doing. Wow. I mean, all you got to do is look, people. (laughs) All you got to do is look. Uh, I like this guy. This is some new influencer commentator guy I found. Uh, I don't know his name. I'll I'll look here and get it for you. But uh, this guy's talking about depopulation and Bill Gates and some other stuff that I thought was pretty interesting. Take a listen. 
Some people want to depopulate and control us on the record. And then they smile on television. They, Fauci. meaning some of these unelected people you see at the World Economic Forum. Just last week, Bill they're Gates. already preparing us for a water crisis. Why? Because they're planning it. They're, they're planning it. Here. Some people want to depopulate and control us on the record. And then they smile on television. They, meaning some of these unelected people you see at the World Economic Forum. Just last week, they're already preparing us for a water crisis. Why? Because they're planning it. They're planning the new crisis just like they planned them all. We just want peace and love and health and prosperity. We don't care about power. But here's the real problem. They always have to create some virtuous, deceptive trick to do it. Why don't you yep. just say it to my face? Say it to my face what you really want to do. And then step in the octagon and fight me for what you want. I'd have a lot more respect for you. But because you're a scared narcissistic puppet, you always got to hide behind some false virtue to do your evil bidding. Oh, it's equality and inclusion and climate. You're yep. a liar. You're a liar. <laughs> uh, what is that guy's name? Mm, not quite sure. I'll have to find it. Anyway. Uh... You guys getting sick of me rattling on about random whatever shit today? Just kind of going over random stuff, continuing thoughts, uh, thoughts, continuing themes. And then I found this interesting list of uh, patents that we have in the U.S. Patent Office. And the caption says, natural or man-made. Hint, natural products cannot be patented. Only man-made products can be patented right they were clearly developed in a lab if there is a patent on them okay so take a listen to this aids acquired immune deficiency syndrome u.s patent 5676977 owned by fauci and the world health organization and th these are all alleged i just saw this online but go look it up if you don't believe me Go do the research and see if this is in fact true. H1N1 virus, U.S. patent 8835624, owned by Fauci and the World Health Organization, allegedly. Ebola, U.S. patent 2012025102, owned by Fauci and World Health Organization. Swine flu, U.S. patent CA2741523, Alpha 1, owned by Fauci and the WHO. BSE, whatever that is, U.S. Patent 0070031450 Alpha 1, owned by Fauci and World Health Organization. The Zika ATTC VR-84 virus, owned by the Rockefeller Foundation. SARS, U.S. Patent 7897744. And 8506968, owned by Fauci and World Health Organization. And last but not least, coronavirus. U.S. patent 01030701, owned by Fauci and World Health Organization. Natural products cannot be patented. Let me repeat that. For those of you that are hard of hearing or are up in the cheap seats, Natural products cannot be patented by the U.S. Patent Office. 
So what this person is trying to tell you is that all of these viruses are man-made. Don't believe me? That's fine. Go look it up and discover the truth for yourself. And billions for vaccines and, and save millions of lives. Uh, if you just kind of invert that and say, no, we're you know trying to make money for vaccines and you know not trying to, to save lives, uh, that's you know a popular conspiracy theory. You've invested $10 billion in vaccinations over the last two decades, and you figured out the return on investment for that. And it kind of stunned me. Can you walk us through the math? Over a 20 to one return. So if you just look at the economic benefits, uh, that's a pretty strong number compared to anything else. You know, we're you know, trying to make money for vaccines, and that's you know, a popular conspiracy theory. Over a 20 to one return. Hear that? Hear that, people? That's Bill Gates telling you it's a popular conspiracy theory that they didn't push the vaccines to make money. And then he's at Davos getting interviewed. He says 20 to 1 return on vaccines. Pretty strong number. I mean, people, you be the judge. (laughs) You be the judge. People, it's time to play some punk rock. All right, people. Welcome back to the show. Want to play a few more clips for you before we get to the punk rock. And let's start with this gentleman. That's why the Nazis were studying mind control. And what the Nazis had settled on for mind control was that a person first needed to be malnourished. The second thing was they needed to have heavy metals Aluminum was their one of choice at that time, deposited into their bodies. The third thing that they needed was to have negative stimulus, punishment if you don't do what we tell you to do. And then the fourth thing, repeat messaging. When you do those four things, what you create is a person who is now willing to suggestibility and willing to be controlled in their mind. In 1945, Alan Dulles brings 1600 Nazi scientists into the United States. It's called Operation Paperclip. He clears all of their records. He makes sure they avoid getting involved in the Nuremberg trials. All of them certainly would have been sentenced to death. He brought them into the United States, put them in our government, and gave them unlimited funding because he loved what they were doing with mind control. These scientists brought all the Nazi science into the United States. And so now you have rollout of the Nazi agenda in the United States and then starting to go globally because everybody is taking what the United States is doing as the way of the future. Those repeated messages that the Nazis were doing, those became commercials. Uh Uh-huh, people. Sound familiar? Doesn't sound so great. And it doesn't sound like I'm lying. I got co-signers all over the world that know the deal and are saying the same things that I'm saying. Take a listen to this. Saul Linsky is in Chicago with Al Capone's hitmen. He saw that all they had to do was shoot a few people, smash a few windows, 
and the whole neighborhood would get in fear and trade freedom for security and agree to pay the mob protection money. And so he decided to apply it to politics. And he says, first step of community organization is community disorganization. Right? Satan sowed discord in heaven, Abimelech sowed discord, Machiavelli sowed discord, the British came in to sow discord, Hegel talked about this, and Karl Marx. He says, disruption of the present organization is the first step. The organizer's first job is to create the issues or the problems. The organizer must first rub raw the resentments of the people of the community. An organizer must stir up dissatisfaction and discontent, fan the latent hostilities of many of the people to the point of overt expression. The organizer polarizes the issue, helps lead his forces into conflict, for he must search out controversy, for unless there is controversy, the people are not concerned enough to act. All right, so there's a little bit about Saul Alinsky. Sowing discord problem, reaction, solution, instill fear and anxiety and worry in the population, mind control. The rise of the Fourth Reich, allegedly, in the words of Jim Mars. Here's Julian Assange. Basically, populations don't like wars. And populations have to be fooled into wars. And I think uh, all administrations tend to do that. I remember the first Gulf War, we heard all this about babies being killed in Kuwait and the like. That wasn't the reason we went to Kuwait, but it was sort of icing on the cake to deal with public opinion, I think. Listen to that one more time from Joe Biden. And I think uh, all administrations tend to do that. I remember the first Gulf War, we heard all this about babies being killed in Kuwait and the like. That wasn't the reason we went to Kuwait, but it was sort of icing on the cake to deal with public opinion, I think. Is that nearly every war that has started in the past 50 years has been a result of media lies. And right now they're showing Naira's what testimony. What I saw happen to the children of Kuwait, which uh, my country has changed right my here. life forever. The second week after an invasion, I volunteered, volunteered at the Aladan Hospital. She's an actor. With 12 other women who wanted to help as well. I was the youngest volunteer. The other women were from 20 to 30 years old. While I was there, I saw the Iraqi soldiers come into the hospital with guns. They took the babies out of the incubators. Took the incubators and left the children to die on the cold floor. That was horrifying. I could not help but think of my nephew, who, if born premature, might have died that day as well. Now, it is not even disputed that that entire testimony was fake. Let, let's just look here. Here are the headlines. It's not even questioned. How false testimony and a massive U.S. propaganda machine bolstered George H.W. Bush's war on Iraq. <laughs> Democracy now. Washington Post, the Kuwaiti incubator hoax. hoax. Washington Post, the Kuwaiti incubator hoax. Hoax. The fake news in 1990 that propelled the United States into the first Gulf War. Propaganda. And now they're doing it with Hamas people. 40 babies murdered by Hamas. Babies killed in the streets. They're just running the same friggin' playbook, you programmable idiots. The media could have stopped it if they had searched deep enough. If they hadn't um, reprinted government propaganda, they could have stopped it. But media could have stopped it, he says. Well, that means basically populations don't like wars. 
and populations have to be fooled into wars. You have to be fooled don't. into wars. Populations don't like wars. They have to be fooled into wars. Mark Twain once said, it is easier to fool people than it is to convince them that they have been fooled. My fellow Americans, you were fooled into the Vietnam War. You were fooled into the World Wars. You were fooled into Korea, into the Gulf Wars. You're being fooled about Ukraine. You're being fooled about Israel and Palestine. You were fooled about Libya and Benghazi. You were fooled about the drone bombing campaigns in Yemen and Pakistan and Syria. You have been fooled whether you like it or not. And I found this to be interesting. This is David Icke uh, posting on X or Twitter, I believe. And he says, the fake alternative media speaks. Give them hell, Netanyahu. Enough is enough. Jordan Peterson, Netanyahu is owned by the global cult. Hamas is owned by the cult. And the cult wants a war involving cult-owned, Russia-supported, China-supported, Iran on the road to World War III. And then David Icke says, Jordan Peterson cheers for Netanyahu and Andrew Tate cheers for Allah. Neither have a clue what's going on. The mainstream alternative media has been hijacked by barely one-dimensional buffoons and main chancers, and we need to take it back. And then Andrew Tate <laughs> comments on this, and he says, Allah commands justice. I mean, talk about some disagreement amongst some well-known alternative media personalities, I guess you could say, right? So I found that to be interesting. Uh, here's a guy, Ian Smith. Here's his take. Both the Israel and U.S. government, mainly by way of Mossad and the CIA, created Hamas, just like they did with Al-Qaeda and dozens of other terrorist organizations around the world. It's funny how these organizations always end up being a reason to drag us into war. The only people who pay the price for this are innocent civilians and taxpayers. These things don't happen by accident. If you're going to care about the situation, care about the fucking truth. Blindly pretending that one side or the other is the good guy is exactly the type of bullshit they want everyone to buy into. The politicians and their banking masters sure know how to send aid, but never know how to end conflict.
And I I know I read that to you guys last episode, but I just had to read it again because it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. And here, I'm going to play you one more clip before we get to the punk rock people. And here's our friend, friend of the show, head of Black Rock, Larry Fink. Pay very, uh, pay very close attention to the terminology he uses in this clip. Here we go. Certainty. Markets don't like uncertainty. Markets like actually totalitarian governments where you have a uh, understanding of what's out there. And obviously we're, uh, the whole dimension is changing now with, uh, as you said, a democratization of, uh, of countries. And, and democracies are very messy, as we know in the United States. Uh, you have opinions changing. Uh, uncertainty markets don't markets don't like uncertainty markets like totalitarian governments <laughs> oh boy all right let's move on let's rock out to some punk rock this band Hails from San Fernando Valley, California. They are signed to Allegedly Records. They are a melodic skate punk group. Started as an acoustic project founded uh, in 2015. And they released some music and played concerts around uh, California. And they are amazing. And I really dig their vibe. I'm going to play a couple songs from this band today. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Making their debut on the Politics and Punk Rock podcast. Here's This is a Train Wreck with their song, Something I Just Missed. Through the days of resentment, I've been carrying a chase smile. Till our hearts left to pieces, after saying our goodbyes. And my soul slowly fading, imagining their face. All joy is thought to disarray.
right, people, that was the band This Is a Train Wreck with their song, Something I Just Missed. And I hope you didn't miss the lyrics in there. Themes up quite well with the show today. And I'm going to play you one more song by this band. Uh, and I like this song. Pay attention to the lyrics on this one. Also themes up quite nicely with the show today with their second song here today. On the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast, here's This Is a Train Wreck with their song, Oh Captain, Why Captain? This was our chance to change it, but instead it's all a fucking mess. There I spread out my fires, I'm done with politics i agree you guys (laughs) that was this is a train wreck with their song oh captain why captain hope you enjoyed the show today go to the website politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com buy some merch go check out the spotify playlist for the show go check out my music on soundcloud Please, if you would, leave me a five-star review wherever you're listening to this show, whatever platform you're on. 
just hit five stars and say something quick. You don't even have to write it. You don't have to write a book. Just uh, help me out in the algorithms. I'd really appreciate it if you like the show, if you appreciate my hard work and determination and research and knowledge and experience, point of view, help a brother out, throw me a five-star review. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, That's the show, guys. I hope uh, you enjoyed it. I love you. Take care of each other out there. Stay positive. Achieve your goals. Stop making excuses. Stop letting the big club mind control and manipulate you into believing complete and total, utter, horse, shit, lies, bullshit, propaganda. You're better than that. I know you are. And I really do, people. I want you to do it. I want you to dive in. I want you to understand. I want you to learn. I want you to better yourself. I want you to do it for you, for me, for all of us. Thank you for listening. Good night. We'll see you next time. This has been episode 163 of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast entitled The Saga Continues We'll see you next time Greatest arrogance of all Save the planet What? Are these fucking people kidding me? Save the planet? We don't even know how to take care of ourselves yet We haven't learned how to care for one another. We're going to save the fucking planet? I'm getting tired of that shit. Tired of that shit. Tired. I'm tired of fucking Earth Day. I'm tired of these self-righteous environmentalists, these white bourgeois liberals who think the only thing wrong with this country is there aren't enough bicycle paths. People trying to make the world safe for their Volvos.